The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Episode 191, Uber Frugal in One Month with Mrs. Frugalwoods. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we have the godmother of frugality back on the show. You know her as Mrs. Frugal Woods. And she's also known as the author of Meet the Frugal Woods, Elizabeth Willard Thames. And we we love her. We love having mm-hmm. her on the show. She is our fairy godmother and has so many good tips. It's it's amazing how much we can talk about frugality, how often we can read Liz's stuff on her website, chat with her, and still learn more from her. So we're so excited to share this with you yeah. all. Yeah. If- if you consider us your go-to for frugality, we consider her our go-to for frugality. So she always brings the heat with her interviews. So we're so excited to share it with you. But first, our sponsors. Our 2022 Goal Planning Workshop on December Woo. 27th. We're doing a free planning and strategy workshop to help you break down your 2022 money goal into actionable month-by-month goals and steps. We think it's going to be super fun and helpful. I mean, it's always fun when we all get to hang yeah. out. It's always fun. Space is limited, and a replay will be sent out to everyone who registers. So grab your seat at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash training. Yes, and if you are not excited for planning your goals now, by the end of the episode, you mm. for sure will be. Mm-hmm. This episode is also brought to you by Eggnog. Who doesn't love a good eggnog this time of year? It's the most frugal holiday beverage. Let me tell you why. A drink literally so heavy, you can't physically drink more than one at a time, and none of your friends like it, so one carton should last you all season. And put your nice liquor back on the shelf, because eggnog is so dense, you'll want to use the cheapest bourbon rum or brandy to cut through it. Eggnog, the thick drink. (laughs) You spelled thick thick with with two C's. I did. Thanks, eggnog. Well, no, eggnog dig. Eggnog, that's copy, that's copy from the source. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just obliged. Thanks, eggnog. Anyways. Okay. Anyways. 
if you want more from Mrs. Frugal Woods, we're going to give you a lot to go through. But we also had her back on like vintage episode 44, Frugal Pregnancy and Parenting. And that's when I was pregnant. And so now I have a two and a half year old. But that was our first interview with her. And we also had her on at the Future of Frugal Summit that we did back in July. Uh, And it was such a good episode talking about frugal. (laughs) All I remember really is how um, anti-homesteading, urban homesteading (laughs) she is. She is a a real homesteader. She's like, it doesn't save you money. It's just a passion project. So Take with that what you will. But yeah, so we're we're super excited to be talking about how to become uber frugal in one month. And that's kind of a joke because it is a process. But with Liz's foundations in her uber frugal month challenge, which we love, you can start to set the foundations for frugality. And it's it's kind of like what we do with the no spend challenge. And we'll we'll mention that a little in the episode. But yeah, so buckle up. And uh, let's go for an uber frugal ride. Let's do it. Liz, thank you so much for coming back to the show. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. We were commenting before we started the recording how you are our most frequent visitor, even though it's been like three years since the last time you were on the show. (laughs) But you joined us for the summit and back again and just an overall fan favorite and one of our favorites. So thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. So we are every year really excited. You do this thing called the Uber Frugal Month. And you do it every January with your subscribers, with everyone. And we wanted to highlight that a little bit because we're always looking to become more frugal. Can you just like tell us a little bit about like why you started it and like why you continue to do it? Sure. So the Uber Frugal Month started when my husband and I decided to become financially independent and independent and work towards fire. So this was back in 2014. And we realized that although we'd been sort of moderately frugal, we were not as frugal as we could be. And we were not tracking our expenses as carefully as we should be. So we decided to have like our most frugal month ever. And that coincided with the start of my work on Frugal Woods. And then a couple of years later, I thought, you know what, maybe other people would like to do this with me. And so I wrote out the steps that he and I took. And so I tried to really reflect back and think like, all right, what did we do? What worked for us? And then I catalyzed that into this post and this 31-day program. So it's you get an email a day from me every morning. And it contains an action item, a mantra, some required reading or suggested reading. So it's really kind of like going through a course or a class. And some people do it every day for the month. Other people have told me they'll take one item and do it for several days. Then they'll move on to the next email and do that for several days. Some people have told me they spread it out over months. That is totally fine. It is free. You can sign up at any time and you'll get those emails in the sequential order and they're all numbered. So you can really sort of start and stop and start and stop as you need to. 
I do update it over the years. I think I originally wrote it, I want to say 2016, just because I feel like I had a kid or I was pregnant with somebody. I don't know. So I just feel like <laughs> I feel like happened. I was like super uncomfortable at the time. So I'd either like just had a child or was pregnant with another one. And I have updated it over the years. So, you know, the, the initial one is not the way that it is today, but it is the same basis of idea. I just try to add in basically new things I have learned and incorporate that into the course of the month. And we do it together as a group every January, like Jen said, but you can also take it, you know, sort of on your own time. But I love doing it as a group because everybody is like focused and on the same day and talking about it. I run a private Facebook group, whatever it is, it's private. I think it's a group. And so you can be a part of that if you're signed up for the challenge. And I learned so much from the people in there. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. That's a good idea. <laughs> so we have a really nice community that that comes together um, every January. It's beautiful. I love the handholding that's a part of this. I think sometimes we oh, yeah. know in theory what we might need to do, but the actual action steps and community is so important for actual implementation. So just imagining an email coming every morning telling me what to do. Oh, can that be for like the rest of my life too? I know. I've had people ask me, they're yeah. like, well, can, can you do one every month? I'm like, listen, it's like 40,000 words long. It's like a book. I'm like, I can't, I can't. Do not have it in me to do another one, Yeah, but I do have people take it over and over and over again. I have a lot of people who come and do it annually and they say they get something out of it every year. And I do too, because I read through it and edit it. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I should do that. So it's kind of like this refresher of like, oh, right. These are some tips some tricks that I can be implementing. And if you've kind of like forgotten or, you know, maybe sort of shifted a little bit in some of your spending, January is like great reset time. Yeah. Um, I love retaking it because sometimes what didn't work for me in that moment, like the next year or next time I see it, it, it will be better for me or what worked for me then won't work for me now. So it's a really like take what works in the season, leave what doesn't kind of thing. Absolutely. So speaking of the article that you kind of started out with after your own journey, we want to go through some of those tips for our listeners. Not all of them. There's 11 steps, so we don't have time to go through all of them, but we wanted to pull out the first few and hear your thoughts on it, kind of the the annotated version. So you talk about that the first step is to establish your goals. Can you talk us through what that might look like? I think it's really important to know why you're doing this. And it doesn't have to be a dollar amount. It doesn't have to be like a Herculean, I am going to retire in a year with $10 million. You know, it does not have to be something like that. But I do think that the more specific you can get, the more granular the goal, the more likely you are to follow through on it. That is the case for me. The like, I'm going to save more money is really hard for me because it just, that doesn't really mean anything in my daily life. And so people have told me that goals sometimes are pretty large. Like I would like to be able to have my husband quit his job and be the stay-at-home parent, right? That's a pretty specific goal. Other people are looking at a career transition. Don't want to be a lawyer anymore. I want to be a yoga teacher. You know, how can I get my spending into alignment with the earnings change that I would have. For other people, it's like, I just, I feel like I'm spending way too much at the grocery store and we're eating out all the time and I feel out of control with food. And so let's 
really focus in on the, the food stuff this month. For other people, they're saying, you know, I never treat myself. I never get a massage. I never sort of feel as though I'm spending on me. How can I incorporate that into my budget without feeling guilty and with knowing that I'm still able to be financially stable? So it's really a very broad range of goals that I get from folks that I hear back. And so I think wherever you are, you can kind of identify if this is something that you want to work on for this month or for this year, or maybe this is part of a five-year plan or a 10-year plan that you're envisioning. And this kind of leads into doing this with your partner. So if you have a partner, especially if you are sharing finances or living together, I think it's very helpful to be doing this together. I, you know, it seems like the biggest transformations that I hear about come from partners who are doing it together. And then if you have kids who are old enough to sort of comprehend what goes on with the family household budget, getting their buy-in is fantastic. I have heard so many stories of people getting their teens involved, getting their, you know, 10-year-olds involved to the extent that it's age appropriate for them, but really saying like, listen, you know, this is a family. We operate as a unit. The money that we have is shared. And so how can we put that money towards a goal as a family? And sometimes that's for a vacation, or sometimes it's just, you know, we need to just feel more secure at the end of every month. I love that you've incorporated that getting the the spouse a part of it. It does yeah, getting the spouse on board, but even just for this one thing. It may not be that you agree on all things financial, but I really appreciate that incorporation there. I'm curious your thoughts on if you were to have a spouse or older child be a part of that first step of establishing goals, is it possible? Have you seen people have two separate goals, but the action items towards that can help both towards separate goals? What are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. I've, I have heard stories of, you know, sort of all manner of this entire spectrum of how, you know, couples or partners do or do not do this together. I think that if you had all the same financial goals and feelings, that would be a little strange. Like, I don't think anybody is going to be in lockstep with their partner, but I think having this generalized vision together is really, really useful. And maybe for you, it it has to do with the groceries. Maybe for your spouse, it has to do with reducing the hours of childcare that you're spending on. Whatever it is, I think that you can sort of come to this challenge together, come to this conversation together with, look, like we're not going to be able to reach any of these goals if we don't sit down and sort of talk this through and think about this as a unit and how this impacts both of us, because it's, it's definitely not about shaming the other person and being like, listen, you are spending $20 a month on lattes. I cannot believe this. You must stop. You know, that, that is very much not the spirit of this. It's much more this holistic conversation of what do those lattes bring to your life? Oh, that's when you see your friends and you sit down and that time together is really sacred. Or maybe, oh, I didn't realize I was spending that much on lattes. I'll just make coffee at home, right? And so it's really getting to the deeper understanding of what that spending is. And you will see this in my spending because I share my spending every single month. I spend money on like all kinds of like frivolous stuff, right? And it's the the difference and what the Uber Froga month has helped me realize is that it's all goal oriented. So my husband and I go out, we have lunch dates while the kids are at school. We go out to lunch and we spend quite a bit on that. 
but we know it's a conscious decision. It's a choice that we made together. And so we're not shocked at the end of the month. And we also don't look at it and think, what, when did we go out to eat? Did we go out to eat? It's like, oh, that's when we went to such and such. We had such a good time. And it was, it was a values-based purchase. So this kind of gets into, this gets us a little bit off of the like nuts and bolts steps and a little bit more into how this is a holistic view, like the, the, you know, whatever it is, 30,000 foot view of your life and of your money that what you kind of ultimately want to get into is, is not saving every penny. Like that's not, that's not what we're about. You can go other places on the internet. They'll shame you. They'll yell at you. There's not, no, thank you. Thank you. As my three-year-old says, thank you. This is all about figuring out what's tenable for your family, what's tenable for you, how you're all sort of having your needs met, but also meeting, you know, financial goals, financial milestones. Yes, yes, yes. To all of that. That's all I have to say. Okay. (laughs) No, but I, yeah. And I, we get emails all the time from mainly women, but some men whose spouse is just not on board with frugality. And I think this first step of like creating your goals they are most likely not going to be the same if one of you wants to like just be frugal and pay off debt and the other one's not on board, but they still have goals and frugality can help them get to their goals. And so really you just need alignment in your lifestyles, even if your goals are different. So yeah, and learning more about your partner is like so life-giving and and promotes like a longer relationship. So this is just, there's so much good in this. And not to be like super negative, but, you know, money is one of the leading causes of divorce in the U.S. For a while, it was the number one cause. I don't know if it still is. That study is a couple years old. But, you know, this is like this is a real thing. You know, this is we can kind of mm-hmm. ignore money and say like, oh, I'm not materialistic. I'm not a math person. I don't, I don't think about money. But that often does manifest in you know, challenges within the relationship, unless you're just like fabulously wealthy and have tons of money. But then I really don't think you're listening to this podcast if that's the case. So, (laughs) you know, it's one partner might have the goal of let's say paying off the debt. And the other partner has a goal of quality time. I would like to go out to dinner with you once a month. Okay, fine. Do both of those things, right? Like find a way that, that I think so often we think like either I am paying off debt or I am eating out every day for every meal. It's like, no, no, no. There's like a lot of gray. There's a, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of nuance that you and your partner can tease out and figure out where the values are and, and who can compromise and on what. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, 
finance smarter. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Nice. That leads us into step two when we're thinking about our spending is to review your last month's spending. Why is this step two? Oh, this is so important. This is something I did not, I did not do this. When we first started tracking our expenses, I was like, there is no way that we spend that much money at Trader Joe's. My husband was like, well, it's like kind of like right here. He's like, you know, the cheese section at Trader Joe's, you know, the wine section. I was like, oh, I know those very well. Does that count? It was like a thousand dollars or something, which granted it had been December. So it was Christmas. So I'm like, lay off. But the, <laughs> the point is, you, you really need to know what you're spending and what you're spending it on, because that really leads you into all the other steps of this process. So I say, look at the last month of spending. What you're going to come out of this challenge doing, I hope, is tracking your spending every single month, because it changes. It varies like you would not believe, right? So you've got, you know, your car insurance is due one month. You have to pay for your heating oil for the winter in the next month. You have to pay for Christmas the next month. What you eventually want to do is know what your 12-month average is. So when I do reader case studies on my blog where I have real people send in real numbers, I say, listen, you got to like average out Christmas. I don't want to see no $0 for Christmas because I know that that spending occurred. I'm using Christmas as an example. That spending occurred in isolation, but you need to really amortize that over all 12 months. So this is getting you into that habit of tracking and and understanding the trends because spending $300 on groceries one month sounds great. But if it's a boomerang where the next month you're spending a thousand on groceries, you need to look at how you might even that out, how you might stabilize that and where the efficiencies might be. So I have a lot of people come to me and say, ah, I can't, I was doing the Uber frugal month, but then my car needed a repair. So now I'm not doing the Uber frugal month anymore. But yes, you are, you know, your, your life is going to happen. Like your car is going to break down. Your kid is going to get sick. Like these things are going to happen. And so you want to be figuring out like, what's the holistic view of my finances over the course of a year. And I I think a year is like pretty decent unless you have major life changes. Like if you have a baby or you move, that may be an aberrational year, but you want to start seeing that data year after year so that you really know 
what you're spending over the course of a year. So start with the, the previous month and then go forward with tracking. And I talk a lot in the challenge itself about software that you might use for tracking. There's a lot of free programs available. There are plenty of people who also write it down or do it in a spreadsheet. It doesn't really matter how you do it. Just do something that works for you. So once you've got it written down, pen and paper, or you've input it into a software and you've got all of your spending kind of You've seen it, you've interacted with it. You talk about step three, which is then categorizing. Can you talk a little bit about what that process is like? Sure. So we all have expenses that are fixed and expenses that are not fixed. And and those are kind of the two big categories. So fixed expenses are the things that do not change or do not change easily. So that is your mortgage or your rent. If you have debt repayments, student loan repayments, car loan payments, uh, utilities, electricity, um, internet, things like that, those are fixed expenses. Everything else is discretionary. So even things like groceries, those are discretionary. Um, Even though they are mandatory, that amount can change. So you want to kind of think about what are the things that I just absolutely have to spend on every month? Okay, I have to spend on uh, daycare. I have to pay my rent. I have to, you know, sort of do these things that are a fixed cost. And then everything else, we're going to look at it and further categorize. So within that fixed cost bucket, that stuff could change right? You could move. These these are changes that you could make. And I don't think we're going to get to that within the context of this conversation, but the Uber Frugal Month will take you there because <laughs> at a certain point, you know, you can do everything you want with the discretionary. You may need to move, right? Like if your mortgage is more than you can afford, you're never, I mean, you're not, you either earn more or you move and, and you change that fixed cost. So it's, yes, they are fixed expenses, but you don't just throw them out. You know, you need to keep them in mind and remember that you do, to a certain extent, have control over that, even though it might be a very difficult change to, for example, to move. So then in that sort of non-fixed discretionary bucket, you can start to subdivide and subdivide and categorize because you're going to have stuff that's mandatory and then stuff that's not mandatory. So groceries are mandatory. Gasoline for your car is mandatory. Clothes, maybe they're not mandatory. You know, really think about kind of why you're spending the money and what it's going towards. And so then that gets us into sort of like, what can we reduce? What can we eliminate? And that takes us into uh, the next step of the challenge. Yeah. I love the the mindset shift you have to make on, on, knowing that your your fixed expenses aren't 100% fixed. And it, I think it overflows into thinking about your income too, to think, okay, so my expenses aren't 100% fixed. There's always something I can do. Even if it's really hard, I can do it. And same with your income. Your income isn't always fixed. You can always increase your income. It's, it's sometimes it's really hard, but it is doable. So it's an entire mindset shift on income and expenses. Absolutely. And the reason why I encourage people to start with the Uber Frugal Month as opposed to thinking about their income is that you can do this right away. You, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need to ask your boss for a raise. You don't need to go on a job search. You can start making these changes immediately 
and seeing results immediately. And then like Jen is saying, you can look and say, you know what, with this income, I am never going to reach these goals. Like there's, there is only so much you can frugalize, right? I mean, eventually it's like you, you can't, you know, you hit a certain point and you can't save anymore. You have to change the other side of the equation. But I encourage people like start with this part. This in my mind is sort of the easier part because you are in control of it. And then start looking externally at your job and how you might need to change that. So then we get into the next part, which is step four. And I love this one. What can I eliminate entirely? Because I would much rather eliminate things and expenses entirely than try and like scrimp and save a little bit on every single thing. So tell us about this. So this is like, this is kind of the hard one because you're just giving stuff up. Like there's not a, there's not like a trick or anything like cool here. You're just not (laughs) doing stuff anymore. Like I don't, you know, this is sort of where people start to think this is deprivation. I'm like, it's not because we're going to get to the next step in a minute, but this is the stuff that you, like Jenna saying, you can eliminate it whole cloth. So these are things that you look at at the end of the month and you can't remember them, you know, so like meals out that you don't remember, clothes that you forgot you even bought, uh, subscriptions, you know, so magazine streaming, um, I don't know, people subscribe to anything that you might subscribe to that is sort of a monthly recurring charge that you're not necessarily deriving value from really anything that you feel you could take out and still live, you know, a life that you enjoy living. So everybody's answer is going to be different here because this goes back to step one. What are your goals? Are you trying to pay off $100,000 in debt? You're going to need to give up more than the person who's trying to save $1,000 for a family vacation, right? So this, again, that's why we start with the goals so that you have in mind, okay, if I want to pay this debt off, you know, I can't buy shoes for a while. Like I can't pay for yoga classes for a while. You know, I need to do yoga at home. I can't buy a new car and take on the expense of that lease. So it's really, again, going back to the goals and then looking at it and just like crossing stuff off the list. Like, okay, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And that is going to be a simplification of my expenses, of my life, I'm letting go of clutter. So I think a lot about minimalism with this step. And I have thought about this a lot in the context of my kids' activities because my oldest is almost six. And this is like, so they're like doing like sports now. And, (laughs) you know, you can have an activity every single day of the week after school, but that's expensive. And to me, it's stressful and hectic. So we have, we do one activity at a time. And so we did swimming, then we did soccer, then we'll do basketball, then we'll do skiing. And so it's spending money in a way that I think is important on something that she wants to do, but it's being sort of minimal about it and trying to reduce the clutter that it would bring into my life. So this is where it really becomes a holistic question. It is not just the money. It's also how you are spending your time. Mm. Yeah, we were just talking about this two days ago, decluttering your transactions and like choosing quality transactions over quantity. 
I also love the example you gave Liz in your article about just deciding to stop needing makeup, like constantly looking for inexpensive, good makeup, but then realizing through this challenge, what if I just didn't need it anymore? Mm -hmm. And of course, as you say, that example could shift person to person. But even that question of what if, what if I didn't need it anymore? I might be able to find a more frugal, cost-effective option. But what if I just cut it out altogether? Absolutely. And I, that's a great one because for a while, what I did is I like total makeup fast, no makeup. Now I am wearing some makeup. I have on some eye makeup and some lip makeup. But for me, I don't do this every day. So it's kind of that like it has become for me an occasional thing. I would say like maybe once a week, I put on eye makeup and lipstick and, you know, and so it's like, I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it every single day as a matter of habit. Same thing with painting my nails. Like I was painting my own nails, buying like all this nail polish. I still paint my nails occasionally. It's not as much of a habit and it's not as expensive as it used to be for me. So one of the things that the Uber Frugal Month that I encourage people to do is to consider doing a fast. Like consider doing the month with, let's say no eating out, let's say no makeup, see how that goes and then decide how you might, what you might want to add back in. So maybe you're like me, you're like, okay, I'm going to wear makeup like maybe once a week. I'm going to eat out once a month or once a week. I'm going to stop the like mindless buying lunch at work. I don't even remember what I ate purchases. So a lot of this is to really just to get you to think about what you're spending And it's, you know, so if you stop spending it and you don't miss it at all, that is very telling. If you stop spending and you're like, this is awful. I hate not wearing makeup. There's your answer. Then you know that you are a makeup person, right? For me, I stopped wearing makeup. I thought the world was going to end. Nobody noticed. I was like, really? Nobody (laughs) even notices? So it was kind of this reset for me in a lot of ways, financial, body image, time, the amount of time it took to put this stuff on. So you're really kind of trying to give yourself the freedom and the space to think about what you want to be doing. Again, comes back to your time and your money every day. Yeah. I actually gave up makeup for a year and, uh, yeah, it was the same story at like, after I had Kai though, I was like just feeling icky. And so then I started like wearing it sometimes like going out again. And so no, yeah, I wear it like once or twice a week. But yeah, and and that's why we love no spend challenges because they challenge you to let's get rid of everything discretionary. We figure out what we need, what we don't need, what we want, what we don't want. And then we, we bring back what we truly value. Absolutely. And I wanted to say too, that what you mentioned earlier about taking some things from the challenge and leaving others, the phase of life that you're in, right? What is Mm -hmm. it that you need right now? Because when I was younger and had not had kids, this is very different. I'm like, I can wear anything and look great. And then I'm like, uh, I can, but do I feel great? And so after my second was born, I was wearing maternity clothes all the time. And I had done this like no clothes buying for like four years or something. And I had to sit down with myself and be like, you know what? I really don't like wearing maternity clothes when I'm six months postpartum and I don't, nothing else fits. Like I just cry every time I look in my closet. And so I got rid of I, pretty much everything I own and bought new clothes you know, and some, some are from the thrift store, some are new. And I'm just, I have like a uniform. My friends all joke. Cause I wear leggings and a dress every day. 
So I, like, I don't believe in like pants that zip anymore. Like I just don't, they're not, I can't literally. I love that. Home. I love that. One of my friends was like, can I borrow a pair of jeans? I was like, bro, I do not own jeans. Like I have no, <laughs> they are not part of my life. So phase, the phase of life you're in, right. You know, if you're postpartum and feeling, you know, not great, this may be the time to spend money on clothing. Right. So it's, it's very much identifying that phase of life and what's a priority now, because sometimes what's a priority now is not a priority in a year. You know, you don't need to buy a new wardrobe every year. Right. But it's knowing what's going to help you to feel good, I think is really important because sometimes money is the answer. Like sometimes you just need money to like get some leggings that fit. What you're saying speaks so much to, I think, naturally what you define as the next step here of embracing the art of substitutions. Once you've identified, eliminate, slice and dice this other stuff, then you talk about getting creative with some substitution. Can you say more about that? This is my favorite thing because you don't have to give anything up here. You just have to like swap stuff around. So the easiest one is your cell phone. If you are not using an MNVO, which is, or an MVNO, mobile virtual network operator, mm-hmm. this is the TJ Maxx of cell phones. All right. So they, they resell name brand service. They resell T-Mobile, AT&T Sprint for a like way cheaper price. So my husband and I were spending something like $80 a phone on service. And we now spend, I think it's about $10 per phone per month. Mm-hmm. That is the easiest substitution. There is no excuse. There's a whole day on the Ubu Frugal Month like devoted to this. I have a chart on Frugal Woods that shows you which MVNOs resell which service and sort of what the base price is. So like do that. You're getting the same thing, but for less. Yeah. Anywhere that you can find that, you want to be doing that. That is That is the best. Usually the cost here is some administrative labor on your part. You have to like call the phone company. You got to get the SIM card. You got to like take it out and then drop it on the floor, lose it, find it again, put it in the phone. You know, (laughs) this is not a frictionless process. So it's not like, oh, just do this. And, you know, I don't have a personal assistant. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So it's like, I, yeah, I have to get on the phone with the phone company and like, it's kind of annoying and I don't have cell reception at my house. So I had to like drive to town to like put in the, the, pin code. The reality that you're describing here, what this process really is like. They were like, we will text you a code. I was like, do not text it to me. And they're like, we have texted you a code. And I was like, oh, you have You have three minutes to use that code. So my husband is like, there's like a little spot kind of on a mountain, like park on the side of the road and like try and put in the... So I was like, I just want to, you know, be real. Like, it's not like this stuff is not kind of annoying to do. But when you're talking about saving thousands of dollars over the course of the year, you know, have some discomfort. Like this is a little annoying. Just do it. And then you will save money forever. And so that's the other great thing about this is like you do it once. It's super annoying, but then it's done. The other thing I talk about too is comparison shopping for things that people don't think to comparison shop for. The example I use is um, oil and uh, propane. So we have oil as backup heat. We have propane for our stove. Those prices are not set prices. There is a market price. Every company will quote you a different rate. So every year I sit down and I spend, I mean, probably like three hours calling all these companies because of, you know, God forbid they list the price on their website. So like calling all of them and I make a spreadsheet and then I calculate how much we save every year. And again, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. So yes, it is, it is not frictionless. 
it is kind of annoying, but um, I find it to be worthwhile. So this is where, you know, you are putting some effort into it, but you're reaping a benefit. And I don't suggest doing this for stuff that costs under $5, right? You, you want right. to see a pretty significant return on the investment of your time. So I have a great example about this. I needed some new underwear and so I bought some at Walmart, but I bought like, you know, you know try it on. So I bought like um, three packages, you know, cause I didn't know like the style, the style, I don't know. Kids, yeah. like, oh, so yeah. style of the underwear. Right. So but, well, like where it cu- is cut, you know, and my husband, you was don't like, know don't. when they're coming in those packages, you don't know. I tell you no, what, the picture you, is not helpful. You're looking at the picture. You're like, Oh, great. She's like that's, 95 pounds. Yeah. And that's not a picture tall, of me. So that's not, uh, <laughs> Anyway, so found the one that worked, kept it, had the other two packages in the back of my car for like, I want to say six months because Walmart is 45 minutes away. Okay. Instead of returning those to get my 20 bucks back, I donated them to the thrift store in the package. So, so it's like, I, you got to think about the amount of time versus the benefit. So me like driving to Walmart, standing in line, that's not worth my time. You know, $20 for two hours of my time, no way. I make more if I'm working, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not encouraging people to be like, you know, trying to recoup the, the $5 or the $20 from the, the Walmart underwear donated to the thrift store. But do spend the time on the heating oil, on the cell phone, on the stuff that, that again, you're going to see the higher return. And that threshold is different for everybody. You know, it may very well be that you need to return the underwear because that $20 is going to have an impact. So I'm not saying that that doesn't for some folks, but that's sort of my most recent example of know what the end result is. Because when I started, I did have this very much, um, this mentality of like every cent matters. And my husband was like, okay, so you just spent all this time finding coupons to save $4. And I'm like, but it's $4. He's like, right, but you just spent two hours doing coupons. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of a good point. <laughs> so your time is yes. worth something. Absolutely. Your time is valuable too. I think a lot of times we can forget that. And yeah, it, it, that is an example in some ways of being cheap. We do have frugal fails along the way. And we learn that, Oh, that wasn't Eric. And I just bought a $6 pack of like 20 granola bars. And we're like, these granola bars are normally like $3 a piece. So this is great. But they're like two months from expiring and they're super hard and we might break a tooth on them. Oh, yeah, we're I was like, there well, when Eric was eating That one. was a frugal He's fail. So confused. <laughs> There's a reason they were on sale. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, bummer. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and we always say like frugality is, it's, it's not the, it's not inconvenient. It's just not the most convenient. Absolutely. That's what it is. It's not inconvenient. It's not consistently being inconvenienced or inconveniencing others. It's just not the most convenient option. So Take take with that. And uh, on the subject of MVNOs, shout out to our f- partner, Ting Mobile, who loves the show and supports us. And you can get $25 on a, off on a plan by going to frugal.ting.com. So I am that's also a, that's a, a Ting bonus. lover. I got the Ting <gasps> yeah. going on. I love Ting. Yes. We switched to that's them amazing. from another provider. And I, yeah, yeah I'm really happy with right your service. Here. Look yes. at you. Awesome. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> right there. I keep it, keep it handy. 
All right. So the last step we're going to talk about on this um, episode is step six to reduce spending on discretionary expenses. So we, we, I feel like we're, we got into this a little bit, but expound on it for us. Sure. So we kind of saved the hardest part for last because if you, you eliminated stuff, right. Then you substituted, you got your ting, you got your, uh, cheaper um, heating oil. Why can't I not think of another example? Whatever. You got cheaper stuff. (laughs) For me, it's like, what did I just buy last week? As if I had never spent money before. (laughs) You talk about exercise. Yes. Oh yeah. Exercise. mm -hmm. That can be an gym memberships can be expensive. They can be worth it for some people, but. The example that I had for exercise, which it's like so obvious that this started before I had kids was that I was going to (laughs) yoga like five times a week, (laughs) which the thought of just like having the time to do that now to me is like, and my husband and I went together every Saturday morning and then they got a coffee. I'm like, that's so cute. That's so cute. And you you thought you had that. Oh my God. So (laughs) the example at the time was I was doing this yoga all the time. That's good, right? That's, that's a good thing. That's a beneficial thing. It's good for my mental health. I had a lot of friends. It's good for my physical health. It was $20 a class, you know? And so sitting down and looking at that expense at the end of the month said, gosh, I do derive a lot of value from this in these different categories of my life. But I think it, you know, it was probably like $200 a month. I was like, that seems ludicrous. Like that seems just a ridiculous amount. And so I looked at the studio the next time I was there and I saw that you could do a work trade. So you could work at the desk and check people in and then take the class for free. So that's what I did. I did that until we left Cambridge. So I did it when I was pregnant. I did it after I had my first, I would check people in for the class and then I would like mop the floor afterwards and I would take the class for free. And then I also, I asked them if they had an asynchronous time a thing that I could do because it was hard for me to get there after work to check people in. And they said, well, we need somebody to take the trash barrel out like around the alley and then bring it back. I was like on it. So I would like get off the bus there, take the trash barrel around, and then I would be able to book a free class for that. And you know, that that's a very specific example, but I have heard from people who have been able to work out this kind of barter and trade situation for so many different things. I have heard it for childcare. I have heard it for all manner of exercise. I have heard it for specific services. So uh, I have someone, a a reader of mine who is a massage therapist and she um, has a client who is a lawyer. And so they actually trade legal for massages and and that works for them. You know, they have an agreement whereby that is beneficial for both people. So this is, again, you're finding those expenses that you didn't want to eliminate you could not find a good substitution. Can you bring barter and trade into it to make it equitable for everyone and to make it something that, you know, that works for everybody? So I often find like, if you talk to people, they're like, oh yeah, well we can, you know, I really need someone to pick my kid up from school. So if you could pick my kid up, I will give your kid free piano lessons, right? So have these conversations in your community. What I have found is that like most people would like to save money. You know, this is not a radical thing. Most people are like, oh yeah, if we can both save by, yes. So the more comfortable that you can become sort of having these conversations with your friends, with your community, 
I think the more you will find people are like, oh, that's a, that's a great idea. You know, if we can find a way to economize and create efficiencies and also, hey, create like a, a deeper friendship and a better community environment. Yes, absolutely. These things, I mean, people are so afraid of like bartering or trading because they don't want to look like cheap or poor, exactly. but it fosters this sense of community that you don't get when you just solve your problems with money. Absolutely. Like when you look mm-hmm. to solve them in creative ways, you can foster like deeper sense of community. Right. And you're not trying to get something for free. You're not trying to rip somebody right. off, right? That's not, mm-hmm. that's not the goal. The goal is like, how can I help you, Jen? Like, I, I don't want to pay you for these piano lessons for my child. What can I do for you? Could I clean your house while you give her lessons? You know, my sister for a long time cleaned the ballet studio so that she and her three kids could take free classes. So she'd go one night a week and she'd clean, do all the bathrooms, clean the whole studio. And the Studio manager said, this is great. This is way less than what I was paying a cleaning service. You're doing a great job. Fine for you and your kids to have classes, right? So again, it's like expanding your mind. What could I, what could I offer that's going to be helpful to you? And you can help me meet mm-hmm. my goals too. It's recognizing that time and skill are valuable too, not just money. And it's almost cutting out the middleman of money Mm -hmm. in some really beneficial ways. It's a Mm win-win, not yeah, taking advantage of or just being cheap. I love it. There was a time that I traded childcare for food. This woman would make me meals and I would watch her kid. And that was far better than money for me because I just didn't have the time to cook. Or desire or skill. I love that. That that is so perfect. That is like the perfect example. And I have to continue with my sister and the ballet studio. This started that way. She now teaches there because she created this relationship. She's been a dancer for decades. And, you know, she created this relationship with the studio manager and the studio manager was like, you're an incredible dancer. Would you ever be interested in teaching? And she's like, well, yes, I would. And so it's, you know, uh, kind of creating, again, you never know sort of where this network will lead you when you mm. sort of open yourself up and you're a little bit vulnerable, right? You're like, I would like to do this, but I can't really afford it. And and so you're kind of inviting that confidence and that intimacy and that relationship might go great places. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. So much frugal goodness here, Liz. Thank you so much. And we didn't even get through the whole list. So if you want to right. see the rest of the list, You're, yeah, if we didn't. Yeah, we didn't even get through the list. We're gonna have it up on our um, show notes. So we are, or you can just sign up for the Uber Frugal Month too. That's also a thing. And you know what else is a thing? The, the bill, bill of the, the week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Liz, you know this. Every time, every episode, we invite a listener or guest to share with us their bill. And we know that you have one for us. It has traditionally been duck bills. It's what you're known for. I've done a lot of duck friends. Bills. Yeah. But I hear you might have something, you might be deviating. I am deviating from the duck bill today because it ties right into another step in the Ubu Fugo month that we, that I didn't quite cover because I was got so carried away on the barter and trade. Sorry about that. <laughs> 
This bill is my bill, my most recent thrift store bill. So I went to the thrift store because now that my kids are in school, I can actually uh, go to the thrift store. So I'm looking at my list. My bill was $49.75. Here is what I bought. Three winter coats for my kids. One of them brand new with tags on. One pair of kid winter gloves. One puzzle, which I'm going to give to one of my daughters as a Christmas present. One princess snow globe, which is a birthday present for the other daughter. A dress for me, which I am wearing right now. A jean jacket for me. Dresses for each of my kids. Three pairs of kids' shoes. And a superwoman costume for a future Halloween. And also this mug for 50 cents. So this is another sort of ethos of frugality ethos of the Uber frugal month is really, you got to embrace the used market. All right. Mm -hmm. I am a great lover of clothing, $3 for a dress, 50 cents for a fashionable mug. My husband was like, do we need another mug? I was like, does it matter? It is so cute. So, you know, finding, this is a great way of finding a way to treat yourself, to enjoy life, buy stuff used, you know, and I have a lot of articles on like, if that's kind of a hurdle for you or a mindset that's hard for you, I've talked a lot about sort of the myth of like the gross use thing or the myth of like who buys used things. So, you know, if you kind of get yourself over that hump and then really embrace that as sort of your first entry point, anytime you need anything, you will save so much money and you will find such like cute, unique stuff. Amen. I just did a thrift trip last week on half price. They they do the tags half price. Oh, um, yeah. They start every Tuesday. They switch to a new tag. So went last Tuesday because Kai needed pants. And I spent, I think, $30 and I maybe got like, everything was definitely a dollar. And so I had to have gotten like 20 pairs of pants and some other things. Like kid is stocked nice. for and the winter. You know, he'll like go through all those pants and get holes in all of them. Yeah, I mean, it'll be and then we can like pass them on to like somebody else through our buy nothing group and it's like a great donation. Yeah. Thrift is everything. And I actually this morning was thinking like how am I going to describe it the reason we do this like to my children in the future because like most kids their their mom shops at the thrift store and they're like, "Oh, but I just want new clothes." But I really want to in- emphasize like we don't just Th- buy secondhand because it's cheaper. We buy it because it's better for the people who are making the clothes so that if collectively we buy less new clothing, then they're, you know, less, you know, in- indebted to their, you know, employers and have more freedom and can raise wages. So for those people, we do it for the environment because we don't need half of the new things that are are created every year. Um, and so we do it we do it for that. And then we also save money. Absolutely. So. And, and then the other thing that I, that it does, I think, is that it reduces the endowment effect. So such that, as you were saying, when your son is done with those clothes, you will pass them along. You will not be trying to recoup your costs. You will not sort of cling to material items because the value that you have on them is a little bit lower. And I find that with my kids' clothes, like they outgrow stuff, they outgrow toys. I'm like, out of my house, take it. Somebody take it. I don't feel that I need to get money back because I spent so little on it. And I also don't have this like deep attachment to most of my material things because they were so 
inexpensive to begin with. I've I, my garage sale lamp is right here. This is my $5 lamp. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> so I think it's like when you start thinking and using this mindset, it is holistic. And now my kids, this is the greatest thing. As we drive down the road, if there is like a pile of free stuff on the side of the road, they go, Oh mama garage sale. You got to stop. We might need something. So that I'm like, we do not need everything just because it's free or just because it's on sale does not mean we need it. Cause they're like, oh, but there's a garage sale. I so they're it. like so into it. like the used thing. I think, I don't know that they even know that stuff like can be bought new. I'm sure they do. But... <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's amazing. Liz, thanks for sharing your bill. I can't believe you remembered all of the things that you oh, bought. It's, it's, for I wrote it and down change. in my most recent monthly expense report on frugal was otherwise I would not. I would not. <laughs> if you have a bill that you want to share, whether it is about how, how much you got at the thrift store for a low amount or bills you paid off, you know, the drill submit your bill of the week at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. We love to hear it. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet, finance smarter. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. And now it's time for the The lightning lightning round. round. So today we are going to all share a reset or recheck we will be doing this January because It definitely pays every year to check in with what you're doing, check in with your habits. And just because we've been doing frugality for a while doesn't mean we don't check in. So Liz, is there anything that you will be resetting or checking in January? Yes, I am going to reset on my 72-hour rule. So this is part of the Uber Frugal Month, and it's that you wait 72 hours before buying something that you think you want. 
During the pandemic and now with the supply chain issues, I have gotten into this really bad habit of being like, we need this. We need it now. Get it on Amazon right now because I don't know when it'll be delivered. I don't know when it'll be available. And I'm not giving myself the space and time to go through all the considerations of, could I borrow this? Do I already have something that would work? Do I even need this thing to begin with? Can I find it used? I'm, I've kind of fallen out of habit with that. And I find myself like thinking like, oh, I need to like buy this, this thing right now online so that I make sure and have it. So I'm going to try this January to really start putting that space in between me identifying a need or a want and then buying it. That's awesome. Mm, Beautiful. I like the example that you're giving of why you kind of fell off the wagon with that rule. I think that's realistic for so many of us. We kind of have these set ways of engaging, but then something shifts in our circumstances. But then there's always opportunity to revisit and reestablish that way of engaging again. That's amazing. I just love that tip. Yeah. Hey, Jill, how about (laughs) you? Putting it on freeze. I want to reevaluate home renovations in January. Uh, it's obviously for so many a really good time for to sit down and look back and look ahead. So we are in the middle of tons of home renovations, but I've been seeing in the past year that some of our big stuff is getting put on hold or our savings for the big stuff is getting a bit hijacked by the attainable projects that I can do immediately, but then it's kind of stealing away from the bigger stuff like the kitchen that absolutely needs to get done, hopefully in 2022. So this January, we're sitting down and looking at, okay, how can we put these tinier little outdoor garden projects maybe on hold so that we can get at the bigger goals? Hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that kitchen really does just need to go up on <laughs> the priority list. Now that I've seen your laundry room and how beautiful that is, like I, I personally need your kitchen to look like that. So I'm gonna need <laughs> for you those to who don't know, it's ex- it's exposed wires, it's foam on the wall. I it's think no we have the cabinets. We have video of it in the highlights of our Instagram. Oh, I thought that I thought it was like deleted after 24 hours. No, not so you're if you like put it in highlights. It there for everyone. To, no, oh, I know. Oh wow, thanks, Jen. I think uh, yeah. I think our social media manager Rebecca put it in our highlights. Nice. She made a highlight reel just <laughs> of right. us. <laughs> so everyone God can see her. just what a dumpster fire it is and then you'll know how much yeah. of a priority it needs and to be Jill's in 2024 bottles of wine on the floor too that is that makes it it's near for the thanksgiving end. yeah so sure. check, thanksgiving. check that it's out for thanksgiving uh-huh yeah uh-huh all right uh so mine is to re i want to reset my spending so that i can save for like some smaller trips so we've been consistently saving my income to invest in real estate. And so hopefully that is going to happen soon. I've been told that I need to stop saying hopefully and to say it will happen soon. So, but in 2022, like after we get that, I'd like to take some more like smaller trips, like weekend trips. We're, we're good at planning like the bigger ones, but I mean, there's like, we live so close to Orlando and like other places, you know, that are touristy in Florida. So I would I would like to to reset and reprioritize to incorporate those. So that's me. Amazing. Big things. Big things for all of us in January. 
Absolutely. And hopefully all of 2022. Liz, thank you so much for joining us again. If people want more from you and there is so much more they can get from you, where can they find you? So I'm at frugalwoods.com and you can sign up for the free Uber Frugal Month Challenge there. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Frugal Woods. And I also wrote a book that is Meet the Frugal Woods, Achieving Financial Independence Through Simple Living. Well, thank Amazing. you for coming. And yes, I think I might participate in the January challenge this year. I don't know. We'll see. Ooh, maybe we could do like a debrief afterwards. Ooh. Okay. Maybe. Okay. What's the experience like? Yeah. Okay. This sounds good. All right. Well, we'll see you in the challenge. Sounds good. Amazing. Tell me about it. Mm. Yeah. Tell me about it. I just, I really enjoy her. I think one of the things that I appreciate is how much she's able to back up each statement. She's not Mm -hmm. just this rotating, I've got my talking pieces. She has such a wealth of examples, not only from her own life, but from her own fans and followers. And that really helps at least for me to solidify concepts is when I can hear all these different ideas of how it looks to implement the creativity part of it, the lack of deprivation, just so, so much goody goodness. And you could just tell she's been doing this for over a decade because she speaks like a fairy godmother. <laughs> yeah, I I love her so much for just how relatable she is. And I, I think this is – it's why I love our show too is that none of us were like frugal at birth. We don't come on this. Like I think of Travis when I think of people who just love saving money and hate spending money just for the sake of not spending <laughs> and saving. Even his mom is like, not, I don't know where he got this from. So it's just, just so true. That is so true. In his DNA. And – and and so we're not like that. And Liz isn't like that. She came upon this through learning. And that makes like what she writes more relatable and easier to understand because like talking from prior experience. So I just I love that about her so much wisdom gained from experience and not just like well, this is what I do. This comes natural to me, so it should come natural to everyone sort of thing. So so thank you for listening, and we want to thank you for your kind reviews on Apple Podcasts like this one. It's from Melissa Vladishkin, and she just happens to give us five stars. Relatable, hilarious, and informative. Frugal Friends is more of a podcast, is more than a podcast, it's a community. Jen and Jill have brought together so many like-minded individuals who all have similar goals. The podcast has motivated me to become a better person and has positively impacted my family and our future. I recommend Jen and Jill's podcast. Anyone looking for more tips on leading a frugal lifestyle and a brighter financial future. Mm, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks for all your kindness. And Mm -hmm. that is the thing. It's not just about frugality. It is also about community. So I'm glad that you've Mm -hmm. picked up on that and have been able to engage and enjoy that aspect of this podcast. 
We also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode on Instagram, we're adding you to our monthly drawing. For every five tags and reviews we get each month, we give away, or currently we're giving away, $50, five, zero, for you to spend in the Frugal Friends shop. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of digital products to help you become more frugal. So keep leaving us reviews wherever you listen to podcasts and sending the screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to tag us on social. See you all next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Jill, um, the day after this comes out is your um, the Sirianni's annual <gasps> Christmas yes. holidays bonanza we're, blowout. We're calling it annual, even though this is the first time we're doing it. We're mm-hmm. just already committing to doing it regularly on an annual yeah, I'm basis. Put that on you. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to put that party on, like on you to just do every year. We do. I was actually told about this. it at the gym. Oh yeah, yeah. Justin told. Yeah, Justin's like, uh, yeah, we were we felt so special. We were invited to um, Jill and Eric's Christmas party. You were too, and because I, I hadn't checked Facebook yet, I was that's like, oh, amazing. that's good to know that I was also invited. Thank you. Of course you um, are, because we're actually <laughs> friends. Like, believe it or not, <laughs> right? Um, so we go to each other's parties, and and yeah, so everyone is excited, Jill. Yeah. We we decided this year we're going to get out the invitations early because everybody's December books up. And even still, I know there'll be other opportunities and people might flake out because something might seem better. But, you know, you get in that invitation early, you make it seem awesome. And Mm -hmm. we really did it this year. And I'm I'm excited for it. So, yeah, Yeah, the day after this comes out, I'm going to have to get my rest going to have to start prepping all that food. We talked about, I think in an earlier episode, about spending around the holidays and what we are willing to spend on and save in other areas. And this type of thing is that for me, that I really enjoy hosting. I want to provide for people to come and enjoy. And this is going to be one of those where I just, I have all the food and bevies. Mm, including that eggnog. <laughs> including that. We, Eric did buy eggnog already. <laughs> he's like, this always sells out. I got to get in early. <laughs> I know. He's got to really embrace that 72-hour rule, but well, not with eggnog. they did sponsor, so. Mm, I know. Yeah. It's just better for us. See you there. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.